Well, hey friends, welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. Today, we're gonna to be having a Latin lesson, and so I hope that you join us to see what even that has to do with our lives right now. Well, friends, it's so great to see you online. My name is Marcus. I'm one of the pastors here at Evangel Church. And before we jump into our Latin lesson, like I mentioned earlier, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. It was actually about 10 years, almost to the day ago, where I was in a country called Moldova, and I was on a global mission trip. And so near the end of the trip, I was kind of feeling the incredible weight um, of seeing the challenges that people I were amongst faced every single day. You know, that they had to endure, that they had to... Um, you know, experience on their daily that was very far different than the experiences that I had. These people were, were those who had come out of human trafficking. Um, they were those who were abandoned by their parents as children and so were considered social orphans. They were those who were living in extreme poverty. They were stuck in addiction. They were those who didn't have access to education and as a result faced incredible like socioeconomic challenges. And it was one of those moments that I felt tremendously overwhelmed, uh, both with the burden for these people that I had just met, and yet also the stark reality that I really held very little in my teenage hands to make any type of contribution or, or to, to kind of remedy or, or kind of soothe any of these issues that I was seeing. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that in the sea of challenges in our global climate, across the world and even in our, in our own context right now, that you kind of ask like, what can I even do? How can I help? You know, this vast sea of challenges, like what is my, as one person, my small contribution gonna do? Well, I was sharing this kind of same feeling with my dad when he said something that I will never forget, something that I think about often when I kind of am overwhelmed by the challenges in our world. He looked at me with compassion in his eyes and he said, son, you will never change the world, but you may be a part of changing one person's world. And if you can do that, you've made all the difference. And I remember that just bringing such a sense of um, continued burden to the people around me, but a sense of weight that had lifted off of my shoulders and a sense of almost disappointment that I was out-resourced by all of the things around me. And I hope today uh, that we can be reminded of God's truth which is greater than our feelings of limitation, which is greater than our feelings of, of maybe being out-resourced by the challenges in our world. Because in spite of this feeling that we often have that I'm sure sometimes are heavy on our hearts, Jesus calls us and commands us actually to something greater than ourselves and what we could even accomplish on our own. And this command is actually what our final value is as we close our series, The Values That Shape Us. And that value that we're gonna be looking at today is Jesus said go, and people matter. Jesus said go, and people matter. Friends, people matter to us because they matter to God. Everyone in this world, across every nation, tribe, tongue, ethnicity, background, is an image bearer of God. And as a result, you know, they have an intrinsic value. They have an intrinsic 
uh, sense of identity and a sense of um, value to, to us as fellow humans. And Jesus says that an essential part of his mission is to go. Acts 1.8, at the just before kind of the birth of the church, says, but and this is Jesus saying, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, you know, our city in our context, Judea and Samaria, our region and province, and then to the ends of the earth. And so today we're going to be focusing on the final part of Jesus' command to go. And that's to the ends of the earth. Because Jesus said go, and people matter, even those that we have never met, even those who, whose shoulders we don't brush every day, even those who have different worldviews and, and lifestyles and contexts and cultures that they've grown up in. Jesus calls us to love and care for those who are even at the ends of the earth. But the reality is, we're here in Powell River, you are here in your particular city. How does your contribution, how does our contribution here in our region extend all the way across the world? Like what we're doing here, how do we practically you know, reach out into the world? We're gonna see how this could be today. Uh, before we jump into looking at how that could be, let's pray together. God, we thank you that each of us are image bearers of you. God, we thank you that each person has intrinsic value and uh, are worthy of your care and love and redemption. God, I pray that as we see what's in our hands, that we wouldn't see it as feeble, but that we would have faith to see that partnership with you can, can multiply that. God, we thank you that uh, we are connected by that same image bearer that each of us hold, and so we care for those around us. God, I pray uh, that you would give us the faith to see how and where and, and why we do that. God, we love you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, before we jump into scripture, I want to start with a bit of a teaching moment at kind of a macro level. Um, because the way here at Evangel that we primarily invest in the ends of the earth is through our global partners. They are an essential part of God's mission to bring the gospel across the globe. And part of what they do is fulfilling what is known as Missio Dei. This is our Latin moment here. Is, is fulfilling what's been, what's been called over history Missio Dei, which is Latin for the mission of God. Now, this term can be traced all the way back to Augustine, um, but, uh, but Thomas Aquinas kind of first used the term in, in more of a modern sense in about the 11th century to refer to the missional work of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit in our world. But as time and history went on, the concept of Missio Dei has been debated, uh, it's been adjusted, it's been abandoned, it's been picked up again, um, but I think it's an important part of understanding global mission and how that's walked out, and particularly how that's walked out well. Because when we think of global partners, or what we would consider traditionally maybe to be known as missions, with an S at the end, it can be easy to see this as a secondary or even ad hoc to the mission, where we have the mission and ad hoc is like kind of an optional addition if you want it. But I'd actually say that separating or at the very least distinguishing missions from the mission is not what Jesus envisioned for his church. Because when we reflect on the concept of Missio Dei, we actually see that these are one and the same uh, as each other. A commentator named Bosch says this about the concept of Missio Dei. 
He says it cannot be denied that the Missio Dei notion has helped to articulate the conviction that neither the church nor any other human agent can ever be considered the author or bearer of mission. Mission is primarily and ultimately the work of the triune God, creator, redeemer, and sanctifier for the sake of the world. Missio Dei elevates mission from the level of human activities, rightly showing mission as being participation in something with which God is already doing. Friends, living out our mission here at Evangel, or maybe in your context if you don't live here, of being a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, to receive his love and look more and more like him each day, is done in submission to Jesus. And it's done in partnership with what he is already doing. That's why our mission statement, that's why our values are ones that have come out of scripture is because we believe that we're in submission to God's truth. And so our values, our mission of what we feel in our context is the outflow of God's mission comes under submission to him, that we are not the agents of that, but we pull that out of God's truth. And when we see this, when we see the Missio Dei, it means that we are actually all on mission together, that you and I are all participating in, uh, in mission together. And global mission, is simply one context in which the mission of God is lived out in our church and in our world. So when we come under God's mission, it means that we are all responsible, actually, for global mission, that we are all called to reach out to the ends of the world because it is a facet of the mission of God that is worked out in us personally, but also in his church. And by that, I mean his capital C church, like his large church. And God has already been a part of revealing his light to the whole world far beyond when we have. That this has been his plan of redemption has been put in place all the way at the very beginning of time. And he has done it always with love, with compassion, with justice, but also with mercy. And when we see this through our, through our lens uh, of our short study in, in Missio Dei, the mission of God, um, Eddie Arthur says the incarnation lies at the heart of God's mission and it provides the content model and the inspiration for the church's mission. And he references John chapter 20, verse 21, which says, Jesus said to them, his disciples again, peace be with you as the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Friends, perhaps one of the greatest expressions of God's love, his compassion, his desire for justice and mercy in our world was the incarnation, was Jesus choosing to leave his rightful place on his throne and entering into our broken and dark and needy world to bring redemption to humanity and to our world. And we see that he does this by dwelling with his creation by dwelling with people who are in need of his light, by dwelling with people in a way that, uh, yes, you know, reveals and communicates his truth, but does so um, with love, does so with compassion, does so with grace and mercy, and even context to particular culture that he found himself in as well. And, and this is maybe something that we've forgotten as we look back in history at some of the ways that Global Mission hasn't been done well, that the incarnation of Jesus means that that is the best expression of God showing his love, compassion, justice, and mercy for the world. That dwelling with people 
entering into their lives, allowing them to be a part of ours, and revealing Jesus along the way is the way in which we participate in global mission. But at a micro level, we looked at kind of macro, at a micro level, what is our role here at Evangel and partnering with God and his mission for all nations, tribes, and tongues? And if you're joining us and you're not part of Evangel or you don't call Evangel home, but you maybe happen to go to a different church or there's a faith community in your city, um, what it, I wonder what it would look like to ask uh, your pastor, your church, your faith community, what that looks like for your context. But today we're going to be looking at Evangel and how we partner with God in his mission for the whole world. Well, when we look at scripture, we see that there are those who go, like literally physically leave the place that they're in to go to another nation. And there are also those who are sending partners, that they're ones who financially and spiritually kind of send out those people who go. In Evangel, we are primarily as a church sending partners. That's kind of our role that we have in going to the ends of the earth. Because whether you or I go, you know, whether we see those goers, or partner with those who do go, both are sacrificial in their own way. Both have their ways that require sacrifice. And I think that sometimes as we look at this, we can kind of prop one or the other up. Um, but the reality is both goers, which is a word that I'm currently coining, um, and senders are actually equally needed. They are working in tandem with each other. One helps the other and so forth and so forth. And there are times when we can look upon our world and see all that is going on and wonder maybe just how our partnership will even make a difference. Like it feels like a very small drop into a very big pond. But God has much to say about this partnership and even the faith it takes to trust him as we partner with God in his mission. And so we're going to turn today to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verses 1 to 4 to start. We're going to also be going to 2 Corinthians 9 as well. And so as we open our Bibles, if you don't have one, we want to give you one. So if you go to uh, your app store, whether that's a Google Play store, whether that's the Apple app store, and if you simply just search version, like Y-O-U version, all is one word, uh, it will give you a Bible app that you can download right now. If you live in our region and you want a physical Bible, uh, we'd be happy to give you one as well. Go to myevangel.church forward slash Bible. You can fill out a form there. Well, we're going to be looking at the life of the Apostle Paul, and he was perhaps one of the greatest global workers in our time. You know, he was responsible for planting churches all across Eurasia, for places that had never heard of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And he was responsible for kind of overseeing many of them as he kind of offhanded ministry to people that lived in that city. And so Paul in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is highlighting the work of one church. It says in chapter 8 verses 1 to 4, We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that was given to the churches of Macedonia. During a severe trial brought about by affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. I can testify that according to their ability and even beyond their ability, of their own accord, they begged us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in the ministry to the saints. And so we see that Paul is commending the Macedonian church for sending financial support to a fledgling church in Jerusalem. It was uh, new, it was growing, it was, it was uh, at the helm of persecution, and so they were kind of struggling. They were struggling financially. And so the Macedonian church 
churches gathered together and gave a gift to the Jerusalem church. And they did so in order to keep them afloat, in order to allow them to continue their ministry that they felt God had called them to in their city. And to be honest, when I see this picture, it's incredibly challenging. You know, the Macedonian church, it says, was in a severe trial. They were in extreme poverty. And yet their joy overflowed in generosity to a church and maybe even a people that they probably had never met before. Friends, this is a picture of a church being a sending partner. A sending partner to those who impact people that we may never see. That the expression is an overflow of joy and generosity. And scripture says that this overflow of joy and generosity comes from the Macedonian church's understanding of the grace offered to them by God. That Jesus in his riches decided to become poor for our sake so that we could continue to have purpose and mission and identity and redemption in him. And so we, they understood that grace in a real way. And out of that, it meant that they said, like, if God did that for us, then we can certainly do that for the Jerusalem church, a group of people that we may never meet. So then further on in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15, Paul says, you know, gives this example of the Macedonian church and then encourages the Corinthian church who the letter was written to to follow that same principle and generosity to a church again that they'd likely never even visit. Let's read 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 to 15. It says the point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As is written, he distributed freely, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Paul was determined to encourage the Corinthian church to partner with God in this mission of sowing seeds, even in a place that they had never see the fruit of. In the grand scheme of life, our sowing may not seem like much. You know, what we give may not seem like it's going to make a big difference. But friends, just like the Macedonian church, as we are, are faithful to, to what we sow, whether big or small, God is the one who is responsible for the multiplication and growth far beyond what we could ever imagine. That it says he will continue to supply you. He will continue to um, overflow in you as you give sacrificially. But friends, do we have faith to see it? Do we have faith to see that if we uphold our end 
for supporting global partners across the world that God will hold up his in our lives and in our church. Because Evangel exists to be one who joins with those who sow seeds in other nations through financial and spiritual partnership with Jesus first and global partners as an expression of that. Friends, this culture of generosity and partnership in global mission has extended here over decades across many countries and through many different people here at Evangel. And this is a rich heritage that we get to have, that we get to remember. And I wonder if maybe once we get to heaven, that we may see the scope, the true scope of the fruit that has grown as a result of us sowing the seed and God causing the growth. Because friends, while sometimes our contributions may not seem like much, in the kingdom of God, giving is estimated in terms not of quantity, but of sacrifice. Not about your quantity, but it's about your sacrifice. And I believe that as a church, as we continue to be sending partners with those who sow seeds across the globe, that the harvest will indeed be plentiful and that we will reap an eternal reward. Like Paul says at the end of 2 Corinthians 9, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift that we have of allowing us to partner with him in his global mission by being sending partners to those who go. Well, friends, one of my responsibilities here at Evangel is to be our missions liaison, someone who communicates with our mission committee and our staff and our mission committee and our congregation. And so as we've been talking about global partners, you may be sitting there and thinking, well, who are these people? Like, who are these global partners? And so I want to highlight those who are sowing seeds across the world. And to make it easy, I'm just going to highlight them starting in Judea, you know, our context, Samaria, our region, and then to the ends of the earth. But friends, if you want to see another list of our global partners or reference it even after uh, this time together, you can go to myevangel.church forward slash global dash partners, and it will give you all of uh, the information that I'm sharing with you today. But I think I would be remiss to highlight, or sorry, to not highlight the seeds that are being planted by our global partners. The first one we partner with in planting seeds is in the New Spay camp. And the New Spay Pentecostal camp plants seeds of faith in all ages through facilitating camps in the summertime and rentals year round. And and their goal, our goal of Nanuspe Camp is to plant seeds of faith in in all ages, to facilitate time to kind of steal away from your normal life and to pursue God with an intentional um, kind of fervor and and excitement for him. Nanuspe Pentecostal Camp is our Pentecostal Assemblies of Camp Camp Canada Camp. Whoa, that was a tongue twister. And it's been transformational for so many people by calling them to salvation by calling people to ministry, by calling people to deepening faith. And this has persisted over decades and decades. Another person that we partner with is Tim Schindel and his organization called Leading Influence Ministries, who plant seeds in parliamentary offices across Canada. And when we think about that, talk about a resistant mission field to step into, and yet one that is in desperate need of Jesus' light. And in spite of this kind of challenging environment, Tim, over decades, has raised up a team of chaplains who visit every parliamentary office in each province to build relationship, to pray with, and to reveal Jesus to those in government, those who are in authority over us in a nonpartisan way. 
that they dwell with those people in parliament so that they can reveal Jesus to those who make policy, to those who govern our country, to those who guide our country. We have Scott and Melissa Williams who are planting seeds in Barcelona, Spain. Previous to this, they served for 11 years in El Salvador and they were able to completely pass off their entire ministry to nationals there. And that, if you don't know, is like the goal of global work, is to come, to go to that country, but then to pass off ministry to those who live there, who are nationals there, so that they can continue that ministry. And so they literally worked themselves out of a job. And so they felt called to Barcelona, and they're on the cutting edge of planting seeds through business as mission context. So they currently operate Frenesy Cafe out of their church, taking the hand of the church and the hand of business and bringing them together. Friends, less than 1% of the population of Spain attends an evangelical church. And so the need spiritually, while maybe not always financially when we see that, but spiritually is in desperate need. And yet they're seeing incredible miracles of people coming to faith, both in Barcelona, but from the outflow of their church through community groups all around the world. And then finally, we have the McDonald's, Elna and Rod, who have been planting seeds in Iloilo City, Philippines for over 10 years. Friends, their heart bleeds for the next generation to catch a picture of Jesus and have him transform their life. Apart from that, they also serve in church ministry, Bible school training, university ministry, and practical needs relief. You know, they both embody the heart of Filipino hospitality, which creates safe places for people to experience Jesus. Friends, do you see it? As we look upon our global partners, do you see it? That us here in Powell River, by sending partner, by being sending partners with our global partners, are sowing seeds that are extending around the world. Friends, this is something to be celebrated. This is something to be glad about. This is something to uh, like give God the glory to for, for, re for continuing to grow fruit across the world. But friends, I want us to celebrate, yes, what our global partners are doing, but also what God has done through them and through us here at Evangel, not what we have done. It's not about us. After all, the seeds that we have are not even our own. They are given by God. They're not given by us. They're given to us by God. Nothing we have is our own. All that we do is be obedient to what God has asked us to in partnership with his mission. But God is the one who has been faithful to take these feeble seeds over decades and decades and decades and grow them into incredible fruit of salvation and renewal and transformation and revival. But with that being said, I do want to highlight today our lead pastors and our board because during COVID, everything was thrown into chaos. Churches across the country and in the world were faced with financial challenges. Global partners and global workers returned home in droves from the places that they were confident that God had called them to because they either weren't allowed to stay or they couldn't financially make it work. And friends, as I heard those stories, a heartbreak of hearing the grief that have come out of that, the loss that has happened will forever stay with me. And I also sit uh, on our missions committee for our district office as well, where we support the global mission arm of our, of our district office that oversees all of our churches in Canada. And as we sat in those meetings, some of the first financial commitments that were dropped during COVID in many churches was pulling financial partnership with global partners. Now, 
I'm not saying this to be critical of other churches. Friends, nobody knew how to manage a global pandemic. Nobody in churches knew how to manage their finances, to keep themselves afloat, to respond to a global crisis. So I am not judging any church or the decisions that they made. But here at Evangel, as our lead pastors and our staff and our board sat down and, and looked at kind of our commitments financially, each one of them remained steadfastly committed to honoring the yes of each of our global partners, to honor the yes of their financial partnership and, and to maintain all monthly financial commitments to them over COVID and beyond. And friends, I know that that decision was one of sacrificial giving. But as our lead pastors and board valued Missio Dei, the mission of God, it means that they said yes to those that we partner with in sending across the world, even when it was a sacrifice. And I know that that yes was incredibly impactful for our global partners because I was able to, to talk with each of them and to hear them express their fear and trepidation at what was coming, but also their gratitude for our continued yes in valuing them as sending partners. And friends, I think the fruit of that sacrificial giving is going to be beyond what we could see. Because as a church, we may not change the whole world, but we may change one person's world. And that will make all the difference. And so friends, thank you for journeying with us in the values that shape us as a church. Thank you for, for valuing, keeping the main thing, the main thing. To close, I wanna go over our values one last time. And we're gonna go over them in order. Engaging biblical truth will change your life. We begin with amen, surrounding all we do with prayer. The mission is disciples making disciples. Generosity makes room in our hearts for others, standing with and building up the family. You were made for community, welcome home. Blessed to be a blessing to Pell River. And finally, Jesus said go and people matter. You know, Craig O'Shell says if everything is important, nothing is important. If you value everything, you don't value anything. And so I'm so thankful that we have these values to help continue to shape us personally, us as a church. Um, and I believe that as we continue to walk out these values that are taken from scripture, that God will continue to walk with us in partnering with his mission to be a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. And so thank you, friends, for journeying with us in reminding ourselves of what our main things are that are given to us by God. And so to close off, I want to close off with a benediction from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We've heard it already, but I believe that this is for us today. This is because of the proof provided by this ministry, this church. They, those who we impact, will glorify God for our obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you, because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining with us. And I pray that we all uh, be people who partner with God in mission together.